breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty, and we've got on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. Louisiana Gaming Control Board Chairman Ronnie Johns joining us. Ronnie, good morning, sir. Good morning. How's everybody in Northwest Louisiana this morning? We are doing well. Exciting news. We know the Gaming Control Board has approved the sale of Diamond Jacks to Cordish Gaming. Construction is un- underway. Absolutely. Yesterday, the board unanimously approved the transfer of the license from Foundation Gaming to the Cardish companies. They own the the Live brand. Uh, People may be familiar with Texas Live over in Fort Worth. Uh, But uh, what this means, a lot of people say, what does this mean? It means that uh, Cardish can now uh, finalize their construction uh, contract. Uh, they can get to work with, with rebuilding the entire Diamond Jacks property. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think people going up up and down I-20 don't realize how much work has actually been done there. Uh, the boat is actually being dismantled as we speak. Uh, they, they could not float it out of there, so they're having to literally uh, scrap it and dismantle it piece by piece. That's ongoing right now. But the property has been completely demoed. It's ready for uh, for construction, and so we're we're really excited about uh, what Cardish is going to do for uh, for the Bogus Report market. Two hundred fifty to two hundred seventy million dollar investment. This is going to be a land based casino with all kinds of amenities. That's the goal, correct? That is the goal, and and it's not just the goal. It's in their petition. Uh, once they file a petition with the board, uh, they have to follow up and and meet. Uh, and, and meet those uh, uh, commitments that they make. So uh, we hold them to that. Um, as chairman, I've always said, we're, we're not going to allow somebody just to build a, a warehouse full of slot machines or table games. We want amenities. We want restaurants. We want uh, shopping experiences. We want a nice pool area. We want a nice sports betting parlor. We want live entertainment. And, and Carter, she's going to bring all of that to the table. Let me but, mention something, yeah. Ronnie, because during the meeting before the Cordish people came up, someone from state police said something about they've amended the the amenities a smidge, and it sounded like only three restaurants and one retail shop. Um, have they scaled it back a smidge? No, not 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 really. The, the one thing that that they they did, and it was really not mentioned in the. Uh, in the presentation, um, uh, the original petition called for them to have a spa. Um, and they uh, uh, have asked for an amendment to uh, delete that, which we agreed with. There's, out of the 15 licenses around the state, there are only uh, uh, two, no, excuse me, three properties that have uh, a spa. One of them happens to be in, in Shreveport at Samstown, but they do it with a third party vendor. Mm-hmm. Cardish wants to put in a spa. They're going to have the uh, the space to do it. 
but they're looking for a third party vendor to contract with to come in and do it instead of them doing it. Okay. So uh, it makes sense. It makes uh, financial sense for them to do it. Uh, but no, they're not really scaling back other than the, uh, the, the spa area. And uh, they also were, uh, for whatever reason, the original petition called for two retail shops, uh, uh, two gift shops, not retail, but two gift shops. Uh, they're going to scale that back to one very large gift shop. Okay. So we've seen the plans. We're, we're fine with it. Um, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's a game changer and they're talking about a $270 million project. Um, I have yet to see one that came in under their, you know, their right, number right. of them, most of them spend a lot more, uh, on the project. And, and I anticipate that to happen at, at Cardish. Ronnie Johns, Louisiana Gaming Control Board Chairman. Now, what about jobs? When can people, how many are, are we looking at for this property and when are they going to start uh, taking applications and hiring? Well, it's, uh, that's a ways away. Let's, let's, let's be honest. It's, uh, uh, you're going to be looking at over 500 jobs. Uh, they uh, announced yesterday an average, an average salary, uh, including tips, of course, of $55,000 per person. That was in their presentation to us yesterday. Uh, they provide a lot of benefits. Their, their history of their company uh, is outstanding. They're a privately owned company. They're not a public, uh, they're not a public company, but they have a, a very strong commitment uh, uh, to, to the job market and to diversity. So we discussed that yesterday. You're probably looking at uh, a year from now before you will actually see um, uh, actual job uh, fairs going on, job applications. Uh, they they do intend to have a, uh, a, a dealer school uh, set up there where they're gonna actually teach people uh, how, to, how, to, how to deal, how to uh, operate the, the, you know, the casino operations. Uh, it's an extensive plan that they're going through, but these people really know what they're doing. They, they have extensive uh, experience in Pennsylvania and Maryland and in Florida with a couple of Indian casinos in Florida. Um, so this is not a, uh, uh, this is not a fly by night company. This, this is a real game changer. And, and let me tell you what I, what I'm really excited about guys is that every other property in the Bossier Shreveport market is making extensive investments right now. Margaritaville, Horseshoe, Samstown, Valleys, and even Boomtown are making investments in, uh, ex uh, renovations redoing hotel rooms, bringing in new restaurants. Uh, they know they're gonna have to compete with Cardish. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, it's not, there's a ripple effect in this and we, we, we knew this would happen and it's already happening. And, and I wanna commend those other five licenses for stepping up to the plate and just saying, um, hey, we, we've got to reinvest in our properties. And so you're gonna see some nicer amenities at the other properties uh, along with what Cardish is coming in. So uh, this is an opportunity to help bring the Shreveport Bossier gaming market back to where it used to be. And uh, um, we, look, we've had two experiences with land base uh, uh, in the last year, one in, in the Lake Charles area and one recently in Baton Rouge. Both of those land based properties have actually grown the market. 
they have not cannibalized the other casinos. They're growing the market. So uh, I, I'm very confident, I'm fully confident that uh, this, uh, what we did yesterday, is going to help grow the market in, in the Streetport Bossier market. So, Ronnie, um, you made the you, comment a moment ago about, um, you know, people, when you drive by, it doesn't look like anything has been done. And that's true. When will we start seeing, like, the Diamond Jack's name come down and start seeing some evidence of that? It's going to be in 2024 sometime, probably in the spring. Uh, they've still got to uh, finalize their construction contract. They're going to have to come back to the board for us to approve that. And let me tell you this, state police and the attorney general's office, gaming divisions, did an incredible job uh, on the suitability of, of this and getting it to this. I know people think it's taken a long time. Actually, it's, it's really ahead of schedule of what it would normally take to uh, get a new casino going. But I think in the spring of 2024, uh, you're going to have some visibility there of work going on, and um, uh, they want to get after it. With that kind of investment, the sooner they open, the quicker they can start recouping their investment. So, let, me mention, uh, let me mention that because I'm, I'm a little confused about something with, with regard to opening. Okay. They said they plan to, the Cordish people told you guys yesterday, they plan to be open by the end of the first quarter of 2025, but your requirements that were mentioned during the meeting said your deadline for them to be open is the end of 2025. Explain the difference, what, why, why yours is so much further down the road. They, um, they actually asked for that, um, um, that definitive deadline to, to open. Look, there is always supply chain issues. There are uh, contract issues. There's unexpected um problem, especially when you have an older building like that, uh, you start getting into the, to, to, to actual construction, you're going to find uh, a lot more. And, and that's why I'm saying, I think this, this project's going to go over 270, but uh, uh, we, we give them, uh, we gave them kind of an, uh, uh, a cushion, a if you will, but uh, as I said earlier, the quicker they can open, the quicker they start seeing revenue come in and restart recouping their investment. And uh, they're 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 sharp business people. Mm -hmm. They uh, they want to get this thing done as quickly as possible. Ronnie Johns, Louisiana Gaming Control Board Chairman, thank you for your time this morning. We're excited about the project. We are too, and uh, we have made a commitment to the Bossier Report Market try to help them get back to uh, to where it used to be. And uh, I continue to work with the other five properties out there, along with the racetrack. I forgot mm -hmm. to mention the racetrack has made uh, some substantial investments in the last 12 months uh, out there with new restaurants, expanded gaming floor, a new cigar lounge. Uh, it's... Um, it's it's on its way back also. Well, you Thank have you, Ronnie. A, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Anytime. Thank Glad you, sir. Come on. 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel for a sports week. Now, breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. I never thought I'd feel sorry for Army. I yeah. felt sorry. I feel bad. Those no. guys, 
they showed class the whole game. They did. And and I, I kind of laughed. I was, you know, texting with my buddies, and, and one of the announcers said, Army is the least penalized team mm-hmm. in college football. I'm right. like, well, yeah, discipline. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're not jumping off sides. They're not, uh, you know, poor sportsmanship penalties. Mm-hmm. They have to do a million push-ups if they do. Yeah. You know, imagine you get punished for penalties the good, in the Army. The good thing, other than LSU winning, was it was good to see players you never get to see. Yes. That got some field time. I mean, linemen and, you know, running oh. backs. I'm like, who is that? Oh, my gosh. That last kid that got the <laughs> touchdown. I was like, you see the joy in his face? Was his name Trey? I don't, man, the joy in his eyes yes. was just incredible to see. And yes. he was about, what, five foot five? I mean, he was a tiny little guy. And I thought, he just scored a touchdown in Tiger Stadium. Like a 60-yard touchdown, yes. too. It was incredible. I, it, was, it was, I was, I was glad for those guys to be able to get some game time. But I did, I did, I felt bad. And if you haven't watched the press conference for the Army head coach after the game, you see why all those young men are the way they are. Oh, absolutely. This guy absolutely. was just nothing but class. I just I just loved him to death. Mm-hmm. And I loved how LSU painted the end zones yes. with the, the, the um, camouflage. Camouflage. That was classy. I thought that was really a good little touch. Mike the Tiger had the Army uniform on. He did. Yeah. He did. It, you know, it was a good... For LSU fans, you know, to gear up for Alabama coming up in two weeks, it's a nice way to roll it. Yeah. You get a weekend off. You can rest up everybody. Nope, no pun intended. gear up because Alabama didn't look that great against Tennessee. Well, Tennessee it, rolled up a like a 20-point lead or something, and then Bama came rolling back. They came back, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. Well, got momentum going into the game, too. So You bet. Looking forward to that. And uh, F1, too. Talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know it's it's a minuscule audience, but they, <laughs> I, I know. Okay. You're obsessed. <laughs> I know. Let's go to news. 1017 <laughs> FM, 710 Keel. Back with McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. We yesterday we were, we went downtown. They uh, Caddo Common Park. I don't. Have you been there yet? Have you gone down? I have. It's yes. by Arts Central, mm-hmm. um, the Central Fire Station. Yep. Aaron, that was the that was such a cool event. Mm-hmm. They had food trucks set up downtown. The Shreveport Symphony did a, a little. Um, uh, uh, almost like a mini, con- it was an hour. Their performance was about an hour long. Very cool. Um, uh, spooky symphony. And they had art and craft tents set up downtown. Uh, the turnout, we, we were we went down with some friends and mm-hmm. one of my friends was like, how many people do you think are down here? And I said, I'm terrible at that kind of thing. Right, because I would yeah. look around and go, there, there's... There's a thousand, you know, fifteen hundred people here, mm-hmm. and and all on there. It, 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 my only suggestion, and, and I, I did tell one of uh, one of the guys in the in the symphony after, was 
it wasn't really, you couldn't hear some of the symphony, ah. like the strings, because there was, they didn't mic them. Okay. Um, and, and that was my only, and, and really wasn't, you know, this was their first time to do this, so it was a learning experience. Sure. Um, but it was so much fun. So, so. That's a great area. It, it was just encouraging mm-hmm. to see so many people out just wanting to have a good time. And enjoy, you know, this Indian summer that we've got going on right now. Absolutely. No doubt about it. It was uh, it was just a lot of fun. And, mm-hmm. and we went to the Elvis Symphony on Saturday night. Nice. The guy was pretty good. Very good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So we had a great, great, we had a cultural weekend. It <laughs> Look was at you. A, a symphony, <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, by the way, Debbie Villio, uh is going to talk about justice reinvestment tracking. Wow. And uh, you're going to love what she says about it. Mm-hmm. It's coming up next, Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710 Key. Get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, State Rep Debbie Villio joining us. Debbie, good morning. Is it Debbie or Deborah? Good morning. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you. It's Debbie. Uh, Now, you're on the Violent Crime Task Force, and you guys have been studying justice reinvestment. What, Debbie, what have you learned? Is it actually working? Well, um, I would call it the David Copperfield theory of justice reform. It is an illusion. Um, (laughs) Uh oh. (laughs) I think you and I will be friends, Debbie. <laughs> what do you uh, mean by that? Listen, I know that's What's elusive about it? But it's the, it's it's the reality. Listen, in 2016 and 17, the state. I'm not going to say we. Normally, I would say we. I was not in the legislature back then. Um, but in 2016 and 17, the state made sweeping changes to our criminal justice system. You know what? It had three primary results. One, thousands of prisoners walked out the prison gates. Two, the state saved lots of money, but at the expense of local government money. And three, thousands of those same prisoners have returned to crime and jail. The public's not safer. And you know what? There's no evidence that there's any appreciable reduction in recidivism, if any. How do we know that? If anybody watched the Violent Crime Task Force meeting this week. I did. We, that's you, Aaron? Mm-hmm. We spent about four hours. And, and Aaron, if, if I missed it, you tell me. There was no data presented that there is any appreciable uh, reduction in recidivism. Debbie, wow. I, didn't, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear anything about programs that are working, that are helping, yep. that we've got these people jobs. Where's all this investment? We were going to reinvest the money and people and get people back on their feet. I don't. I didn't hear anything about that. I didn't hear anything about it either. And and listen, a reporter after the meeting, immediately after the meeting, wrote, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna quote it. It's real sad, Bond. It it, it, it's very sad. A reporter immediately after the meeting wrote. Vilio says violent people commit nonviolent crimes. 
Rep Vilio, I believe, is suggesting that perhaps Louisiana should consider stiffening penalties for nonviolent convictions. That's what she got out of that nearly four-hour meeting. Uh, never once said that, never once talked about that, and, and, and that's the problem. I think, I think journalists have a responsibility to, to report fairly and accurately, and, and that's why I call it the David Copperfield theory. It's an illusion. We're, we're trying to trick the public, but the public knows better. You see the news reports every day. You see that crime is increasing. Louisiana, 35 years in a row, 35 years in a row, let that sink in. 35 years in a row, the top murder state mm. in the country. Okay, now, so listen, you're meeting, your task force is meeting, and y'all are, you know, singing kumbaya. But do you have any power to change this? Or is this going to be, you're going to send recommendations to the legislature for rolling this back? Is that what you hope? Well, I, I understand people like to say roll back. We made sweeping changes. You need to analyze it. It's been six years. We're trying to analyze it. But yes, I believe that what we're going to do, we have a new governor coming um, and a new governor who supports um, a tough on crime. And, and we have a new governor who also wants to look at what, what did other states do in justice reform that worked? If you look at Texas and, and see what Texas did, Texas is literally closing prison facilities and saving money for its state. Texas is safer, it's closed its facilities, it saved $20 million to the state. What's the difference? Texas invested hundreds of million dollars on the front end of its reform in mental health treatment facilities, in drug treatment facilities, and expanding specialty courts, in mandating treatment. It didn't just open its prison doors and let thousands of prisoners out, whether they were serving time for nonviolent crime or not, and expect that they weren't going to come back into the system. And these are violent that, crime criminals as well, if, if I'm correct. Well, well the, the justice reform, and, and that's part of the illusion too, the justice reform was, you know, what's touted is it, it was to address nonviolent criminals and, and to not have a prison population um, primarily uh, beds being used for nonviolent criminals. That's what's touted. But the reality is it did so much more. And, and in fact, when it released that initial 1948 prisoners, guess what? One third of them have been rearrested for violent crimes and sex offenses. Wait a minute. Let's say, let's say that again. We released 1,900 prisoners. The initial, initial release, of course, through the years, more have fallen under that category, but the initial release was 1,948 prisoners. We opened, we, Louisiana, through justice reform, opened the prison doors and let them walk out the gates without anything on the front end, like Texas did, to help them not come back. And a third of them, and a third of them committed a violent crime. So we have victims out there. That's right. 
Oh. Or sex offenders. 55% of those first 1,948 have been rearrested. 55% of them. But one-third of them for violent crime and sex offenses. This is just a so massive that success. Was my, that, that was my, exactly. That was my point when I said people serving time for nonviolent crimes doesn't mean they don't commit violent crimes. Mm-hmm. And, and yet a reporter thinks that just means I want to stick in the penalties. I never once said that. Where it said is we did it wrong. The state did it wrong. We need to, we need to evaluate what we did and why it's not working and do it better. That's what we need to do. And that's what, what it seems like some who have been a part of JRI don't want to do. And I don't know why. I don't know why. It's at the expense of the public. What are the juvenile num- what are the juvenile numbers look like? We know we have a juvenile yeah. crime problem in Shreveport. It's a bad problem across the state. It's the state too, huh? Well, that is the amazing thing you will see. And I looked at a, a news article relative to when I was attempting to pass legislation um, that got stalled in finance committee this past session regarding juvenile violent crime. And, and, and that data and, and information. And um, what a news reporter said was that there was no data, that there was a lack of supporting data that juvenile crime has increased. Well, Aaron, <laughs> if you watch that yeah. task force meeting, you know that's completely false. That's bogus. You know that, and, and, and Secretary Nelson admitted to me when I called his attention to page four of his report um, on on Wednesday, that in fact, violent crime for juveniles has steadily and drastically increased since 2014 and, a, and, and has near doubled. Mm-hmm. And, and Secretary Nelson had to agree with me on that. Now, you'll hear some say as a counterpoint to that, oh, well, there was COVID and COVID's to blame. No, you can't blame COVID either. Why? Because I just told you, it's been drastically increasing since 2014. Mm-hmm. It's on the rise. It's not on the decline. So in terms of what can we do about that and, and changes, I will tell you that piece of legislation, absolutely, we need to repeal race age law. I'm not telling you that someday in the future we could return to that, but at this current time, we did not build the systems on the front end to go ahead and raise the age. Our juvenile justice centers are not prepared to handle the influx of those 17 year olds in the system. Mm-hmm. And it has wreaked havoc on the system and it has wreaked havoc on those youth and it has wreaked havoc on our, our public. And, and absolutely that's one of the measures I can tell you for me, um, I will author it. Um, I don't need a report. I don't need a recommendation from this committee to know that that we have to do. That is one of the single things. If you ask the sheriffs, what tool do they need in their toolbox? It's that. That is a real problem. And that was something, once again, that wasn't considered on the front end when Raise the Age was mm-hmm. implemented by the state. State Rep. And Debbie Villio, I, we could talk all hour on this, and we thank you we for could. your time, but we're up against the clock. Thank you sure. so much for your work on this, and uh, please keep us posted. We'll uh, we'll be in touch. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarthy. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Okay, we were at the Elvis Shreveport Symphony performance Saturday night. Aaron, they brought out one of the original Sweet Inspirations. Wow. Was, they, they, were, they were backup singers for Elvis in Vegas, but they have been actually were founded by Dionne Warwick back in, in 1960. Oh, my gosh. And, and this lady was one of the singers, and she sang with Elvis. She has sung with Aretha Franklin. <gasps> she recorded in Muscle Shoals. She sang on Brown Eyed Girl with Van Morrison. She's on the record. Holy cow. <laughs> and she lives here in Shreveport. We are going to talk to her. She lives here? She lives here in Shreveport. And it, she's it still alive. How old thrill. is she? It was such a thrill when she. Oh man! I was more excited to see her when she came out and talk and, and listen to her for a second. It was oh, it was so much fun. Gosh, that's incredible history. I would Music, love to hear her history. stories. Yeah, no I, doubt. I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna get in touch with her. Okay. Or, or and see if we can get oh, her boy to come in one morning. Mm. So fascinating. Uh, there are nine Republicans now running for Speaker of the House. <laughs> Okay. Yes, Mike Johnson's name is one of them. We'll talk about that next hour. 101.7 FM, 710keel.com. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Nine candidates are now. I, know, I do want to talk about the noise ordinance. I want to. We're going to do that this hour as well. You bet. Um, but I, I'm, Aaron, on my way in this morning, I heard there are nine candidates now that are in uh, in the running to uh, become the speaker, the nominee for the uh, House Speaker. Oh boy! Yeah, at how are they going to ever figure this out? Majority Whip Tom Emmer of Minnesota—he's the number three Republican in leadership. Uh, he announced Saturday. Uh, of course, our very own Mike Johnson. I think Mike Johnson would be awesome. Mm-hmm. He's oh, level-headed. I mean, he's one of the smartest guys up there. Uh, He's in his fourth term, and he serves on the Judiciary Committee. Jack Bergman of Michigan, a retired Marine Lieutenant General. He's in his fourth term. Uh, Byron Donalds of Florida. I like a lot of what Byron Donalds says, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on the Financial Services and Oversight Committees. Uh, he announced Friday after Jim Jordan uh, pulled out. Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma Chairman of the Republican Study Committee, the largest caucus of conservatives on Capitol Hill. Uh, Dan Muser of Pennsylvania. Now, he's a business executive, not a lifelong politician. Hmm. Uh, he comes from the business world, he says, and plans to bring a business perspective to things and gain consensus. 
Uh, Gary Palmer of Alabama, fifth, uh, he's in his fifth term. He's the chair of the Republican Policy Committee. He also serves on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee and the Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, Austin Scott of Georgia. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, thrown his name into the hat, as did Pete Sessions from Texas, a former Rules Committee chairman. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to have like a candidate forum this evening, yes. 530 this evening. Uh, it's, I think it's a closed-door deal. And the conference is going to then try to have a vote um, tomorrow morning, just the, the conf- behind closed doors. A, a private, yeah. To try to pick their a secret continued. vote. And, you know, I find that interesting because in Mike Johnson's letter, if you read Mike's full letter, it said something about transparency and openness and blah, blah. And, but yet we're still doing all this behind closed doors right. stuff. You know, let's see those GOP, let's see the GOP forum. Let me see you each pitch right. to be speaker. Absolutely. Let me see the vote. You know, I, w- I would like to see the process. I want to see how the sausage is made. And this would be a good one. This is kind of historic. Right. You've got nine people trying to be, you know, speaker of the house. I'd love to see it. Most definitely. But that's, I, I guess, no way to, there's not going to be on MSNBC or... No, I mean, they could put it on C-SPAN, could turn it on. C-SPAN, yeah. They could easily turn it on to that. But right. they, they're they not doing it, and they're going to try to get their speaker chosen quietly and behind closed doors, and then come out possibly for a vote on Wednesday on this new candidate, whoever he or she may be. Wednesday. Yeah. You know, and that was another, that was something I was going to bring up. You, you just said, uh, no, no women. There are none. You're right. No You're right. women in in the in the list. And these and a nine, this is a pretty large list. It is. It absolutely is. I, I don't know Marjorie where they go. Marjorie Taylor Green couldn't throw her name in there. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Boebert, come and you, on. And you still have the Democrats eating their popcorn, sitting back, going, yeah. "Y'all keep it up, yeah. keep fighting. Let's watch. Let's watch the yeah, show we're some end more." Up with Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, keep going. I hope that would never happen. I would be, the Republicans who voted for Jeffries would be, oh man, so ostracized well, if that happened. I, I, would, I would hope that certainly repercussions would come next election time. Oh yeah. I mean, he's at 212. He'd need five Republicans to switch over and that's not going to happen. But we, we can't even get a Republican over 200 now. Right. It's, it's a yeah, struggle. Every vote, every vote they took for Jim Jordan, his numbers went down. Yeah, exactly. Every time it got down to like below 90 or something at one point. It, it, it was bad. It was really bad. And so I'm not sure what they're going to do now. They're going to try to pick one. And, you know, if, if it's Mike, I mean, that has huge implications for our area and well, for our you know, state. Not only because he's from here. He, I, think he would, I think he would be fantastic. I yes. think he, he's level-headed. He's got common sense. Of course, that may rule him out right there. You, know? <laughs> you got a point. You, he, he's yeah, intelligent with common sense. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think he'd be, I think he'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he'd do a great job. Can he get the votes? You got Kevin McCarthy, who is supporting Emmert, and there are others who are coming out in support of other candidates. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And who's in this secret voting of the conference? Is it, you know, is it a dozen of them? Is it 35 of them? I don't know how many are in this secret conference. I'm not sure. But they got to try to come up with a candidate. Right. 
Well, we'll, uh, uh, we'll stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. Find out. Uh, yeah, Shreveport City Council, now they've proposed a revision to the noise ordinance. Is that what I heard in your newscast? They have. They've proposed a, uh, some changes to the noise ordinance to lower that 85 down. I don't know if it's enough or not. I'm not sure. We'll okay. go over that next. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Tim Fletcher with sports coming up next. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. So who made the proposal for the revised noise ordinance? Do we know? Your buddy. <laughs> My buddy? Yeah, your buddy. Uh, Dr. Jackson. Okay. Yeah, he... he, now, why, he do you, why do you say my buddy? <laughs> that has many implications. Aren't y'all aren't buds? No. Okay. I, mean, okay. I, I say that, I don't mean like I dislike him. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm just messing with you. Um, his new noise ordinance um, is 75 decibels until 1.30 in the morning. And then after 1.30 in the morning until 7 a.m., 70 decibels. Oh, that's still too high. Still too loud. It's, it's still too high. Still too loud. When, and When I first heard the report, I was hopeful that they, they actually are going to do... No, it, I mean, 70 should be the max. 70 should be your max I, for I your earlier I think it should be times. 65 and then drop down to 60. I'd be okay with 70 and then 65. I would say y'all have compromised. You have done. Right. You have done but what would, most yes. other cities are doing. I would prefer sixty-five and sixty, but like you, I you know, okay, we'll go with, you know, if that'll get it done, right? And if downtown residents would be happy with that, you know, give it a ninety-day, give it a ninety-day run. That's a good idea. And go, let's let's enact it. Let's see how it works out. If and then come back in ninety days. If this isn't working, revisit it. Revisit it, or or say. You know, yeah, we're good. Thank you very much. That's a good Thank idea. You for being an adult in the room. They should put a limit, you know, like let's test it for, you know, 90 days, six months, whatever. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Not six months. That's too, too long. long. 90 days would be good with me too. Yeah. Try it out. Let's see how, where it goes and then come back and say, this is what we're going to stick with. I just think 75 is still too loud. I, I agree. Um, you can check your, I mean, you've got your decibel thing over there to find out what is 75 decibels. Because it's still pretty loud. Yeah. That's 75 is still pretty loud. And, you know, we knew and Alan Jackson told us 85 was way too loud. And he realized it, uh, you know, after the fact. But he put it in place. So we know they're going to try. The the veto, Mayor Arsenault vetoed his 85 decibels. And so now they're going to put another one in there to try to, you know, to change that to get it moving. So I mean, 90 decibels is a subway train going by you in the in the tunnel i mean yeah. that's that's freaking loud that's loud uh 80, 80, 85 is a uh that's a 737 mm, that was way too loud i mean now i do know friday night some common sense friday night police were called to downtown cuz of loud noise and they told the the owner of a club there they're going to have to turn things down. It was too loud because they're going off the current ordinance as it exists now. Mm-hmm. And the club owner apparently complied and then did and not... kudos, kudos mm-hmm. for 
complained. Absolutely. And then did not turn on the music Saturday night or did not open the rooftop. I'm not sure what the deal was, but the, there was not an issue, I'm told, on Saturday night. But there was Friday night. And it took a few hours for them to, to as I'm told by one person, one club owner down there, it took about three hours to get the music turned down. By the time police came down there and measured it and talked to people and, you know, and all Siri, that. Okay, Siri, I take back my kudos. Okay, yeah, I know. Not Three a, hours? Well, I don't know if it took an hour for police to get there. If you know, the, I'm not sure the what the delay was. If came in at 11, then it's 2 in the morning. Yeah. You know, and then, okay, yeah, we're turning it down now. Right. Uh, that's not quite what you wanted, I know. <laughs> uh, but they're, you know, they're going to try to work with this new one and get it passed. Now, if it's... This will be the interesting point. If it goes to 75 and 70, and then the mayor were to veto this one, mm-hmm. do you come back and compromise and say, okay, mayor, or have they already talked to the mayor and said, look, will this meet your, you know, a non, will this get your signature and whether or not he's agreed to it or not? I'm not sure. Haven't talked to him about it, but um, we'll hear some discussion today. I'm sure all those downtown folks will be back before the council today again. Now, the to try the to work lobby. session is today. Mm-hmm. And then yep. the meeting tomorrow, you and bet. it'll be on the agenda for tomorrow. It's on the agenda for tomorrow to add an, a noise measurement procedures, blah, blah, blah. And otherwise, perspective too. You know how they put all that mumbo jumbo in it? I understood er. every word. <laughs> Did you? Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Can you believe it's almost time for the state fair? No. Oh, Holy Aaron. cow. November is next day, what, coming up in, in uh, a matter of days. Unbelievable. On the way here, I saw them at the fairgrounds starting to set up. They so are. I saw a few lights on, a few spotlights, so they're they're screwing the rides together. I saw the mobile homes there. I saw a big tent up. They're getting going. Friday, on the way out to, uh, or on the way I drove by the interstate, and they had the all the, the getting the those, uh, you know, the funnel cakes and the snow, co- all oh. those booths set up along, oh. the, along that. Uh, I mean, really, that's the only reason I go to the fair anymore. I, mean, I, I don't <laughs> care about the rides. I want a donut burger. <laughs> <laughs> I remember years ago, back when they had the raceway, they used to have food vendors under the raceway, under oh, those green yeah. stands, and they had elephant ears. Oh, you remember elephant ears? Yes. Basically, it was just Indian fry bread. Fry bread. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, with cinnamon and... Oh, mm. my God! Y'all need to stop right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check news. 101.7 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. There's a, a story on keelnews.com. There's a dome house apparently for sale in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the geodesic dome homes? I've seen one in, there's one in the Captain Shreve neighborhood, I believe. Yeah. Okay. We used to live in one. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. Wow. Was Ours, it weird? Um, you, I mean, you get used to it. You don't, you know. Yeah. Um, my my mom has property out in out in Houghton that when when uh, when she was married, they lived where there was a home on like I don't know two acres, mm-hmm. and on the back of the property was a dome home. Oh my! And so when this was good gosh thirty five years ago or whatever, so when Casey our son was like one year. In fact, we had his one year birthday when we were living there. Oh, cool! And. Uh, 
It was, you know, it was fun. Now, like when I started mowing, I would start, there was a porch that came off. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like round because sure. it had a porch that came out. And then that was the front door you go in. I would just kind of start mowing, pushing around. <laughs> little and circles. Just go, yeah. and just go around. Yeah. I'd find my kids on the roof of that thing all the no, time. No, you wouldn't either. Really? No, there's no way. You, you can't get up. No, you couldn't do it. Okay. You can't get up. Interesting. It was it's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. There's uh, yeah, there's an, a, a story on keelnews.com if you want to see uh, features of that. So, but, but it was uh, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I want to see how the weekend was with the noise ordinance in effect. The old one. Um, Crystal is going to join us coming here in studio. Chica is going to be here in just a couple of minutes. She so. lives right downtown. Yep. How'd it go this weekend? Right on Texas. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Well, I used to live in a geodesic dome home. I also used to live downtown 40 years ago. <laughs> Didn't have an issue 40 years ago with no. what residents are having now. Mm-hmm. So... How was it this weekend? They said they turned the music down, mm-hmm. and Saturday night they didn't even open the balcony. Chica's here with us, and uh, yeah, sorry, Chica. Yeah, hello, hello, guys. Um, it was awesome. It was so awesome. Well, Friday night there were, there was some music. I was told, but they police came and told them to turn it down. True. Well, I think yeah, it okay. was bad. It was bad again. It was your typical Friday night, and I. <sighs> I will say this, um, I had a buddy that called in, one of our neighbors called in, and she said she was getting attitude that, that she, when she called in, oh, I haven't even filled y'all in on this. So when she called in to say, hey guys, the noise is excessive, can you please send a cop out there? The lady said, you're calling to complain because a club is playing music? This is an operator. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. I was told by a friend... They need to call and get a recording of that. Absolutely. I want a recording of that. Do you know what time that was? I'll call and get a request. Public we could, records. We could find out. I want to hear that 911 operator say you're calling because a club is playing noise. Correct. That is not your job, 911 operator. Exactly. And so wow. I said, there's no way. And she said, yes way. Like, that's exactly what happened. And she has no business lying about it. But after that phone call... Because she said, so you want me to send an officer to you? Is that what you're asking for? And she said, no, I just want the, the noise to go down. It's, it's excessive. So the operator wow. wasn't having a now, headache did with she it. call the, the 673-7300 number? Or did I believe she call so, yeah. Because I asked her, I was like, you didn't call 911, did you? And she said, no. Okay, so no, then no, that no. was not a 911 employee. That was a Shreveport Police Department employee. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. So yeah. anyway... But all that to say, that was probably the only, like, feedback I got that I was like, ooh, okay. Um, I was out and about enjoying Price Fest, uh, and so I remember thinking... We went down Friday night. Uh, wasn't it so much yes. fun? Mm-hmm. Price Fest never disappoints. But I remember thinking, if I get buzzed enough... <laughs> Which I'm going to go home and pass out. What are the odds? Yeah. Right? Okay. I remember thinking, all right, if I just have me a good time, I'm going to get home, pass out, Which and I won't even think about home, the music. To, to be fair, you right. can walk yeah, but back at, home. I want to say the music was still going at like 2... They probably got shut down at like 2.30. Wow. But Saturday... So how late does the club stay open? 
I believe clubs stay open till 6 a.m. Good Lord. See, wh- why? I mean, okay, okay. I just, I, I'm, I mean, some people don't go out till midnight now. They don't even start well, getting out. I remember those days. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. That's we fair, didn't though. go out until 10 or 11 o'clock. Or what are we going to do Yeah, tonight? who would do such a thing? Who would <laughs> go out at 11 at night? There's nothing good after that. No, but I mean, that, <laughs> taking the words listen, right out of my mouth. That's when it's fun, guys. That's when it gets uh, good. But I will say, Saturday night, I was exhausted. I prize fest too hard. I didn't know that prize fest is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. So come Saturday, I had just finished an event. I, I had two weddings that day. We were in multiple locations. And so finally, when I, when I go and I go to the heaven hell party, I don't last long there. And I leave and I come home and I'm like, wait a minute. There's no music. Oh, wait a minute. My dog and I looked at each other like, shouldn't we be like, Two grumpy old ladies like, hey, turn it down over there. <laughs> so don't know what happened. Don't know if the Yeah, club they apparently didn't like, open the balcony Saturday night, but we don't know Apparently why. did not. Okay, well, can they keep it that way? That's my question. I, I don't know. They're having a new noise ordinance before the council this week, today and tomorrow, uh, with the decibel levels at 75 and then 70. Now... From what I understand, this still is... Still too high. Still too high. This is what Broadway has, right? Or is Broadway 65? I'm 65, not sure. 65, 70 maybe? maybe? Most of them are 70 and then 65 during the early morning hours. Okay. So I'm just saying, can we... We're not a big town like that. We're not even close to that. Can we mimic that? That's my question. Is, I know. If, if we could sit there and say 65, 70, everybody would be so happy. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I think the compromise will be reached. They'll go 70 and then 65 during the overnight hours, 2 to 7 in the morning, and then 70 during the late night hours. And I think that might be doable. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't live there. It'll be up to you to kind of go, whoa, you well, and your other folks. The fact that it's now going to be enforced, it looks like. It looks like the mayor is listening to residents and going, I hear you, I see you, let's do something, which mm-hmm. is just crazy to me. But Because but this, since it, I've lived here, I've never experienced that. But this affects more than just, and I'm not taking away from residents of downtown, this, this has far-reaching implications mm-hmm. other than just the residents downtown. You're running businesses down uh, from out of downtown. You're affecting, you're affecting the growth when there's behavior like what we've seen in the past you know i i'm kind of just on the whole uh, i was interviewed by ktbs saw that you did good and they wanted me to talk about the violence they wanted me to talk i was like listen i ain't seen none of that firsthand like yes i've seen videos but it hasn't affected me as a resident as to i'm just a grumpy lady that just wants to sleep and I, I was telling them, like, if, if my focus is, and I get it, there are businesses that are leaving, I get that. But my focus has been, like, if I could sleep, I'm golden. Yeah. Like, just don't, don't mess with my sleep. And that's what I kept telling them was, I can't speak on the violence or anything like that. But I'm just saying, if, if, it's, if, if we could keep it at 70, 75, I'm good. I'm, I mean, All heck, right. bring no, it to 100 up 70. until midnight. <laughs> I don't care. No, Up until midnight, no, I don't no. care. Go to your room. Wait, get out of here. Get out of here. After midnight, that's what... Oh, okay, my bad. Get out of here. 
Your money now next, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. She's lost her mind a hundred. A hundred, yes, she's crazy. (laughs) Uh, She is crazy. She is nuts, yeah. We'll see what direction the council's going today. I'm curious if the mayor has endorsed this new compromise noise ordinance that's being discussed, um, whether the decibel levels is going to be 75 and then 70 during the early morning hours. I ain't so sure. 70 and 65. That would be palatable, I, th- I would I think. think. I mean, I would. we should say 65 and then 60 like normal cities do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. Because people go, well, what's the difference? It's just five points more. It's, but it's, it's, it, it increases, the sound level actually increases significantly mm-hmm. from 65 to 70. Yes. The sound, yes. The, the noise actually doubles. It's twice as loud. The way it's 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 complicated, and, and I understand that it's confusing, but it isn't just a little bit louder. It isn't you know five percent louder. It, it it increases significantly. It absolutely does. So it makes does. a huge difference when you say uh, sixty five or eighty five. Mm-hmm. It's a huge difference. It absolutely is. It's a big difference. And you know the disappointing thing is that we have spent now a good two three months on. A noise ordinance. When we have so many other things more important to do to get done that we have focused on this, and it's kind of like Congress, we haven't gotten any real business done because we've spent so much time dinkering with this. Just get her done and move on down the road. Hold on. D-I-N-K. It's a word. Dinkering. Look it up. Ruben will tell you. It's a word. (laughs) He jumped out of his chair for a minute there. Did you see that? <laughs> He's looking for the dump <laughs> button. What? What? Dinker? Are you, are you guys dinkering in there? Yes, they are. It's a word. Look it up. Okay. I'm look oh, it up. Lord. Look it up. Dinkering. <laughs> dinkering Just with the Just get to the business ordinance. of the city. You know, stop this. Oh, it's ridiculous. Dinker. One that cuts various shapes from cloth, leather, or other <laughs> material by means of... A dinking die. Yeah, stop dinking. So they're dinking. They're <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was a word. I don't well, mean not, what the heck I was thinking yeah. about. But <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. The Urban Dictionary. A word that refers to someone who is stupid or highly annoying. Perfect. I, see, I told there y'all. You, uh, this guy won't leave me alone. <laughs> He's such a dinker. I love that. <laughs> There that, was, that was very tame for Urban Dictionary, by the way. Don't get all your definitions from there. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I know, definitely. I'm kind of worried for a moment there. We're not supposed to say wanker if you're uh, in Great Britain. So. Wanker? <laughs> Is that a bad word, too? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Ruben, oh, Lord. help me. We got to get out of here. Let's, <laughs> let's take it to Hannity. 1017 <laughs> FM, 710 Keel. <laughs>
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Hard to believe State Fair of Louisiana already getting ready to open. Uh, preparations being made on the fairgrounds. And we've got Russell Adams with the State Fair of Louisiana on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Russell, good morning, good man. Good morning, guys. I appreciate y'all having me on this morning. Okay, well, what's new this year for the State Fair? Well, we've got uh, security and safety measures that we have uh, did some revamping on and got in place. Uh, the State Fair, uh, we have Rob Brazell, our new uh, uh, manager out here, and uh, he's really done a lot of homework with this, contacted other fairs around the country. Uh, of course, the, you know, the crime problem is, is not just here. It's all over the place. And other fairs have implemented some pretty pretty uh, tough procedures, safety procedures, and we are... Uh, uh, we've put some in place ourselves, and I think it's going to work well this year. Russell, we know there was an issue with the Texas State Fair. They, Even though they go through metal detectors, apparently somebody got in with a weapon. Uh, how are you going to prevent an incident like that from happening here? Well, we've got, you know, we, we've added metal detectors as well, the walkthroughs. We've not had those before. We've got those two um, at the main gate, and then we've got a walkthrough. Uh, down there by the stadium gate, and uh, with these up to Shreveport police, we've got cameras everywhere. But you know those those little pistols—they're pretty small, and they can be passed through a fence or whatever. Uh, so there's, you know, uh, we're going to do the best we can. We're going to watch it. We've got a lot of eyeballs, a lot of new cameras put up. Uh, the real time crime center uh, will be monitoring. The Shreveport police will be monitoring. So uh, so uh, we're you know we're just going to work really hard and keep this this fair safe. Uh, we've got some new curfew procedures that are in place. You know, we've had some issues in the past where a bunch of kids will show up right there close to closing time. And what was happening is, uh, you know, right before closing, an hour before closing, we, we quit charging admission. And there'd be large groups of kids coming into the fairgrounds to cause problems. Well, we've got curfew measures this year in place that uh, we're going to strictly enforce that. So kids coming in like that will have to be accompanied by a chaperone, an adult. That was my and next question. Can, no more unaccompanied minors, is that correct? Well, they can, yeah, up to up to 6. Yeah, this is after 6 p.m. now. You know, if they get here earlier than that, then, you know, they'll be in. But mm -hmm. but we're, uh, like I said, the Shreveport Police, uh, they, they've been over here. The chief has met with us, and we've got uh, some pretty tough procedures in place, and they're going to be watching, and uh, they will have every right if, if, if we have an uh, activity that is concerning out here for the police to take them in custody and call their parents and tell them to come get them. Now, you can get discounted tickets through Wednesday, I believe, correct? There are some sp That's spots in town and on your website, right? Yes, Uh It's got discounted tickets and also uh, participate in Brookshire's and Super One Foods here locally and then some of the out-of-markets like Texarkana. Uh, I believe Rustin's got... Uh, Got a super one over there, so yeah, we uh, we do have discounted tickets, and you can definitely save some money, and all that will go away. Now, of course, when the fair opens up, uh, we've has, we got discounts. So opening days, two dollar day, so you can save some money there. And on weekdays, we're free until three, which is a um, a good bargain for for families to get in and get out here early, and they don't pay to come in. And then, of course, uh, we've got a new child ticket, which is uh, uh, this year it's half price for children three to twelve. So uh, we've not had that before. Well, and another uh, money-saving feature, you guys are doing free parking this mm -hmm. year. That's huge. Yeah, that, 
that is huge. I was going to get to that for sure because free parking is the first we've had in many, many years, probably over 20 years since we've had free parking out here. Okay, Russell, so, I got uh, to get to the uh, I got to get to the food. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's deep fried this year? Oh my! Everything you e- want to be everything. Fried, Everything. Some of that cheese, they have that Wisconsin cheese. Oh, is there, is oh yeah, there, he, showed, he showed up yesterday, uh, and so he, he comes in from Wisconsin every year, and he yes. does a great job for us. But we've got about a dozen uh, new food vendors that will be on the midway. You know, uh, barbecue, fried, anything fried you want, uh, just uh lot of, lot of good stuff out here this year, and we're really excited and looking forward to getting this fair opened up. Now is that is that pickle pizza? Is that <laughs> how did that go over last year? I wanted to try it and I didn't get to it. You know, it, it, it kind of sounds disgusting to me, but, yeah. but I had some of it and it's really good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Thank you. So uh, yeah, I, I liked it. So uh, and Ruben wants his uh, donut burger. You still got a donut burger out there? I'm sure they'll be here. Yeah. Oh lord. Yeah, we've got we've got probably close to 100 food vendors out there, and they're all setting up you know you'll see a lot of the same ones we had last year russell one more thing before we let you go one more thing um to those who are listening to you today who say i'm not bringing my family to the state fair it's too dangerous down there you hear that i know you hear it yeah we hear it all the time what do you say to them this morning y'all come on out support the fair i mean it's uh within our gates uh, we've got, of course, beefed up Shreveport Police. We actually have four private security companies. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs, a lot of cameras watching, and we're not tolerating any misbehavior. We're going to be escorting people out if we have to or calling their parents. So, uh, And also, I would encourage you to go to our website, statefairlouisiana.com, and look at all our safety measures that we're, we've put in place and security measures, and you can kind of get a feel of what we're doing this year. It's too many to mention on the radio, but... Mm-hmm. Like there's over 18 items that we're not even allowing through the gate, and uh, those are all listed on our website. So, uh, uh, and Aaron, if you if you bring a diaper bag, make sure you got a baby with you. We do. That's <laughs> okay. Gonna, that's going to be important, you know. So, but we we will be searching every uh, the bags, the purse sizes uh, need to be smaller. You'll you'll see all that on the website. Uh, again, statefairoflouisiana.com has got everything you'd want to know about the fair this year. And one real one thing I want to go back to real quickly, Russell, the, the, you remember Ray Forcier? He worked here for years and years, ag director, and he was in charge of the rodeo for years. He told me, he yes. said, best burger you ever eat. He said they were set up between Hirsch Coliseum and the, uh, the livestock barn. They were just mm-hmm. kind of out of the way. I, it was almost for, like, employees kind of thing. Oh, boy. Russell, that was the best hamburger I'd had other than Papa's. And, and, oh, and, boy, I'm, I'm, yeah. In my life. I, I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like that all over the Midway. I mean, they go all out with food items. So if you're on a diet, this is probably not the place. Uh, right, <laughs> yeah. You just have to throw that out the window and have yeah. a good time. Exactly. Russell, thanks right. so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Bet. Talk to you soon. State Fair of Louisiana okay. opening Thursday. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Back with more McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. So last week, we had John Nicholson in studio with us, candidate for Cattle Parish Sheriff. 
And he made he made some comments that some people kind of take issue with. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. He, he uh, We were talking to him about, you know, his get tough on crime policies and what he was planning to do. Um, and I guess people around the state are listening to us. I'm not sure. But you remember Gary Chambers who, who ran for Senate? Oh, yeah. Um, he had those lovely abortion commercials. Mm-hmm. Yes. Showing a, a, a white girl going in for an abortion, and it was a black doctor. Performing an abortion in a hotel room and ended up killing the woman or something. Mm -hmm. It was just hideous. He had those commercials where he's smoking a big old fat uh, doobie on the commercials. And um, he didn't do too well in the the election, but he is very vocal. And he is now getting involved in the Caddo Sheriff's race. Take a listen to uh, Gary Chambers. Let me let y'all hear uh, the two of them and how they talk about policing uh, one of them has very controversial policy that they support. It's all the tools available to us uh, to identify and apprehend criminals. Uh, would you take that to stop and frisk? Do you believe in that? Yeah, of course. Uh, okay. When applied properly, stop and frisk is an important uh, investigatory tool. And anyone who says otherwise uh, really doesn't understand the system well. Gap between the community and, and law enforcement so that it is a close-knit community. Yeah. Community engagement is key to all that we do. When I was chief of police working with the community, we reduced crime to its lowest level in 30 years in this city. And we, we can do it again. Uh, we just have to be willing uh, to get out, engage with our community. You got to first listen. You got to hear and then you got to take action. And that's what we're not doing well. Now, this guy wants to bring stop and frisk to Shreveport and use that as a tool and a tactic to lock up people in North Louisiana. And this guy believes that coming into the community, listening and building relationships is how he would govern as sheriff in order to ensure uh, he could move toward a safer cattle parish in Shreveport. Now, Shreveport, you got a choice. It's really not complicated to me. Uh, I can't understand what's really happening in North Louisiana because Shreveport is a majority black city that has now given up their black mayor. You let your young black mayor go. You let an old white man become your mayor. Are you going to let a guy come terrorize your community and bring stop and frisk? Black folks in Shreveport, Cattle Parish, there is an election for sheriff and you can elect the first black sheriff of Cattle Parish if you just go round the corner to the voting booth. Wow. Wow. Let's let's foment some racial uh, <laughs> disharmony in our community. If I'm Henry Whitehorn, I'm like, Gary, get get out, get out of here. Stay down there in Baton Rouge. Leave this sheriff's race alone. I don't want you in my corner. I'm surprised he didn't say vote for Whitehorn. Your life may depend on it. Oh, yeah. Which is basically what he's saying with that diatribe. And and he's just stealing audio from us and from the TV station. You know, get get these people on the phone and make them say it to you yourself, Gary. You know, do a little work. Yeah. Just, uh, okay, we want to elect who Gary Chambers wants us to elect. Okay. Good idea. Stay out of our election, please. Let's let our people, if our people choose Henry Whitehorn, fine. If our people choose John Nicholson, fine. That's who we voted for. We don't want Gary Chambers' advice on who we should elect. Thank you. News next, 1017 FM. Get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
I didn't even ask you earlier this morning, did you make sausage balls? I did not. I, I did not this weekend. I didn't, I didn't either. think I was it was needed. I did have someone text me. So you me only the, make them for ammo to throw at the TV. Yeah, when I know it's going to be a rough game, <laughs> when I'm going to be sitting on the edge of the Are seat. Are you going to make them for the Alabama game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there will be massive amounts of sausage balls. The dog is happy. He's already looking at that Aaron, Alabama. I, I, I don't want to jinx us, but I, I think our defense has turned the corner. I think so. I think so. Uh, strong, strong. Our offense is incredible. It looks almost, un- I don't want to say unstoppable because yeah. there's always somebody bigger and stronger. Alabama's shaky right now, too. Yes, but it's they were looking good. They had almost no penalties. Al, he cleaned up the penalties because they were so many penalties in their early games. We got a new defensive line coach, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and Pete, uh, I'm blank. Yeah, but I'm excited about that game. We get a weekend off, and then we come back and uh, take on Alabama. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a big one for the West Championship. I mean, you'll be in the driver's seat, that's for sure. I got a brand new big green egg. Oh. Jelly. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm getting my stand today, so I'm going to get it set up. Down Ooh, home sausage. Nice. Going to smoke me a ham for uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Heck yeah. I didn't know they made rolling papers that big. <laughs> <laughs> They're hard to keep lit. <laughs> Every time I smoke a ham. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Ruin's too Ruben, funny. Ruin. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I had to. Oh, I've said it too. Oh, you've got to go see what Ruben put up this morning. I don't know oh, what man. our kids are up to today. We drove but... by the uh, down the parkway, I think Friday night, coming back from downtown. We were coming back from Film Prize. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it was. Yep. There were, I, I guarantee, 15 police units unmarked, Ooh. marked, uh, down at the parking lot where the Frisbee golf course is. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm telling you, I told him, I said, boy, something's going on down there. There was 10, 20 fights. And, of course, everybody videoed it. And Of course. You know, I told you that's where the, the young people are going to move from one location to the other. Well, that's one where they moved, and they were down yeah. there partying and fighting. Yeah, it looked like a bunch of teen, early 20-age kids. Mm-hmm. So a lot, of the, a lot of them are girl fights, too, which I'm like, Please. Good Lord. It's so sad. Is it though? It's really sad. And the saddest part is it'll no, be I one agree. of the biggest posts of the year because people love to go watch fights. Yeah. Oh, good Good on you, Ruby. A lot of, lot of, lot of hair pulling and... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Clothes yeah. tearing yeah. and Wait, all that. Waiting to hear from any police that might have been there if any citations or arrests were done. But... Mm-hmm. uh but yeah, yeah, the fights are all up. Keelnews.com. Head on over there and check them out. Oh, Lord. <laughs> our finest. Our viewing finest. pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Shreveport's finest. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Earlier this morning, we had uh, Crystal Montez come in studio with us. She's one of our cohorts here in the building. She works for one of our sister stations. Um, She lives downtown, almost directly across the street from the corner there, 
uh, on uh, Texas in spring. Mm-hmm. And she said uh, Friday night was bad. Yes. Friday night was bad again, but Saturday night it was lovely. Music wasn't on Saturday night, apparently, on the rooftop bar. And um, police were called Friday night and had to come in and uh, apparently tell but them you to said turn it down. It took three hours for them to finally comply? That's what a club owner told me. Now, I don't know if it took that long for the police to get there or if it took that long for them to debate, you know, what's too loud, what's not too loud. I'm not sure why the three-hour came in, but that's what I was told by a club owner who said it took, you know, that long for it to happen. But you said Dr. Alan Jackson has now proposed a revised noise ordinance. He has. With decibel levels, which are sort of lower. 75 until 1.30 in the morning, and then 70 from 1.30 until 7. So it... 65 and 60. I'd be okay with 70 and 65. Okay, which is 70 what, and 65. Yeah, which is what most cities in our region, Tyler, Longview, Jackson, well, let's, Mississippi, let's Little Rock. Let's just get to that and let's get it done. Get it kind of what everybody else is doing in the region, Baton Rouge, Lafayette. I mean, I, I checked them all and I, I, I think I found one at 75, but the vast majority are at 70. And that's kind of what we should do. And get somebody from the city. I mean, you have, you know, you have a director of council affairs. Have him research it. Have him research the decibel levels in all the cities in our area. Mm-hmm. You know, let him do the work. Um, it's, it's pretty easy. You can search their sound. You can call. He could call the councils in those cities if he had to. Find out what the noise ordinance is in each of those cities. And let's do an average and let's put ours right there. And then, the, you know, then I think we would all be pretty agreeable to that. Um, you know, if they go too loud again, the mayor could veto it again. And he could say, no, this is not acceptable. This right. is my downtown as well, and I'm going to do what I have to do to protect it. So we shall see what the council does. I'm not sure. Well, I, just we just need, again, let's get the business of the city done. Mm-hmm. So if, if, the citizen, you know, if the citizens are saying, this is what we want, you were elected to work for us. Right. Not your friends who own businesses. Thank you. Let's get this done. Do what is best for the entirety of the city. Right. Not for a few select handful of people. That's the job. you happen to have personal relationships with. Which is so sad. So sad. Hmm. Let's see. Politics are entering into it. Hmm. Oh, gosh. It's kind of embarrassing. It It really is. Hopefully. uh, uh, Anyway, (laughs) I just... What didn't break the, the noise ordinance Sunday afternoon was the symphony down on Caddo Park, Caddo Commons. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you couldn't hear them for a lot of the concert, unfortunately. Really? Unfortunately. Oh, no. They did a fun show with, the, they called the Spooky Symphony, and it was like the Alfred Hitchcock theme, uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, a lot of fun, fun music right. that is associated with Halloween, but... Because of the way the park was set up, there was no reflection in the back to send the noise, the sound, back out into the crowd. Oh. And this is their first time, so it was a learning experience. Should have got some speakers from Hayes. They Might didn't. Might have helped uh, them. Yeah. <laughs> on 7FM. <laughs> I didn't think about that. 710 Keel. Stories of the Day with Mike and McCarty on 1017FM and 710 Keel. So, 
Saturday night, we were at the Shreveport Symphony special. They had a special show with uh, the winner of the, like, 2022 Elvis impersonation. He doesn't mm-hmm. like saying he's an Elvis impersonator, but that's, he goes, but that's what we are, you right. know. Right, sure. Uh, and and it, it was, it's like the only competition sanctioned by Graceland and Elvis Presley Enterprises. And this guy was good. Victor, oh, I, I had, I, I, I'm so sorry, Victor. I went blank mm. on his last name. But That's he good. was really good. It was a fun show. They brought their own guitar player, bass player, and drummer, and I think pianist. Okay. And then the conductor was the guy that put the whole show together. Nice. And, and he's the one that arranged all of the pieces and included the symphony. Oh, cool. So it was a lot of fun. It was Elvis's, it was his 70s stuff. Uh, oh. A lot of things that he did in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, and I told my wife, I said, oh, they ought to had like the sweet inspirations as the backup singers. Now, obviously not, you couldn't do them now. Well, I think you can. I think they are still active. Wow. Um, Aaron and I had no, no sooner said that then the conductor came out to start the second half of the show and goes, you guys in Shreveport are in for a treat. Elvis used to have the sweet inspirations. And if you're not familiar with who they are, Aaron, legendary. They were actually formed in, the 19, in 1960 uh, by Dion Warwick. Oh, who, my goodness. Who was replaced by Sissy Houston. Oh yeah, his mom. Sure. So they're I mean, they're a legendary vocal group from 1960, and they performed with Elvis uh, in the 70s in during all the Vegas until Elvis died. As a matter of oh, fact, oh my goodness. One of the one of the members lives in Shreveport. Holy cow! Estelle Brown. Uh, they brought. He says, "You guys have a, a living legend right here in Shreveport," and brought her out on stage. Aaron, it was the coolest moment to me. It was the coolest uh, moment of the whole show. Who knew? I, I had no idea. How, how old is she, do you think? I don't know. But she spoke for it. Now, she had difficulty walking. Okay. They had to help her out. And so, uh, but it was, that was just really a thrilling moment to to listen to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, he said, what do, you, what do you remember about Elvis that was a fun fact? And she goes, he liked water guns. <laughs> really? <laughs> if, if he had a water gun and you were around, you better get ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, we have such a, a music history in this town that we don't realize. Yes. Here's a, a she recorded with, uh, she, she says, I recorded with the king and also with the queen. Aretha. A, Aretha Franklin. Wow. She, she recorded in Muscle Shoals. She sang on Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl. Oh, my I mean, gosh. this is unbelievable. I've got to get her. I'm going to get her contact information. I'm going to bring yes. her in and, and oh. have her on the show. I would love to talk with her. Oh, can you imagine the stories she could oh, tell? I can't wait. I, oh. I'm reaching out to the symphony now and see if I can get in touch with her. I would oh. love to to talk with it. She seemed like such a sweet lady and, and what, what a living legend oh, no right kidding. here in Shreveport. Right here. We forget how many people like that are here. There's no doubt. We don't even know mm-hmm. the stories. You bet. Absolutely. 101.7 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarthy.